Praise the Lord and welcome to our weekly 30-minute podcast, The Elephant in the Room with Bishop Michael Bellamy. All podcasts will cover various topics that are often overlooked, misunderstood, or even controversial from a biblical perspective. We're blessed to have a team of wonderful producers who want to make each episode something that will be enjoyable and informative. During the month of April, our producers have put together great episodes that will cover a wide range of topics on mental health awareness. Today's podcast was produced by Associate Pastor Corey Bellamy. It was edited by Lady Satoya Clanton and Sister Tynika Harris Coronado. I'll be right back with today's episode and our guest. Our guest for today's podcast is Jalen Bowie. Jalen currently works as a library associate in a St. Louis library system. She volunteers with a variety of faith-based and community-based organizations focused on providing resources, transformative opportunities, and inspiration to undeserved communities. Jalen graduated with her Associate of Arts in May 2016 from Joliet Junior College. She earned her bachelor's degree in psychology with a minor in African American Studies from Southern Illinois University at Edwardsville. She is currently pursuing her dual degree, Master's in Library and Information Science, as well as Business Administration from Dominican University. Armed with the confidence that God has called her to both the pulpit and the marketplace, Jalen is actively pursuing a kingdom focus wherever God positions her. She believes that in this day and age, now more than ever, God is cultivating young women and men for such a time as this. Jalen seeks to inspire others to develop an intimate and authentic relationship with God, each one fulfilling their divine purpose. Praise the Lord, Jalen. Welcome to the Elephant in the Room with Bishop Michael Bellamy. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I'm happy to be with you all today. Well, thank you so much for um, taking time out of what I can see is a very, very busy schedule um, that you have to spend some time with us as we're talking about mental health awareness for our podcast for the month of month of April. Uh, Jalen, for years, uh, people of faith have been very uncomfortable talking about mental health in the church and especially even in our families. Quite some time ago, I read a post that I was really inspired and moved by that you put on um, social media, encouraging people of faith to get professional help if they needed it. Can you tell us a little bit about what um, inspired you or motivated you to share that post publicly? Yes. 
Um, when I shared that post publicly, it was definitely a God moment for me because I'd never publicly spoken about my experience and my journey with therapy. And for me, it was a very intimate and personal um, journey that I was going through and process that I was going through. However, I just finished a therapy session when I posted that. Um, And during that therapy session, I just really saw the way God had utilized therapy to help me through some experiences that I had, some emotions and some feelings, and even some preset thoughts I had about myself and about my life. And I don't necessarily believe that I would have been able to see or understand those situations without therapy. And God really started to tell me that this was the journey that he had me on. And this was something that he was really working on me and through me to do. And it was through that, that he was just like, you've got to share this. You've got to share this with someone else. And I had a moment where I was very hesitant, but the pressure and the, 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 the move of God was really there pushing me to share this. Um, and so I, I crafted a post and I reread it and I read it one more time, made sure that it, it, it met the expectations I had for it. And then I just clicked post and the rest is history. Yeah. It's, it's a very powerful history. I, I, I am sure that many people of faith were moved by um, if I can say it like this, by your post and you're willing to be vulnerable uh, and to be able to share your journey with with others. Have you gotten any feedback from others about your journey and possible um, issues that they may be having and, and reaching out for help? I've um, definitely had quite a few people reach out to me uh, immediately after I posted that um, Facebook post. But then even after I, um, you know, days had passed and weeks and months had passed after that post, I had quite a few people continue to reach out to me and inquire both from a personal level and also just in general, you know, I'm, I'm considering going to therapy. What are your suggestions? Um, how do I get this started? Uh, is your therapist available? Um, <laughs> okay. And I, and I appreciate that, you know, uh, I think that everyone has to find the therapist um, or the counselor that works best for them. So I, I do want to encourage people to do that. But I am also understanding that there are a lot of hurt people, wounded people um, that need some type of help and aid. And so I'm always welcome to share information with them. For, for years, and I'm, 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 I'm quite older than you are, um, I'm going back to the, to the 60s. We didn't talk about mental health issues in the church. We just called the prayer line. Or we told mm-hmm. people to fast and pray to to spend more time mm-hmm. in the Word. Um, pastors, with whatever knowledge they had, counseled people of faith. But as I reflect back on these many years, sometimes it helped, and many times it didn't help. How important! And and you're you're being very kind and gracious to share your journey with us. 
I know you are a, a person of faith. I know you are what is called a prayer warrior. I have seen you in deep prayer and in um, intervention and, and praying with and for others. With all of that, how important is it to add therapy, talking to someone who is a professional to what we're already doing? For me, I think it, it was very, very important. And I think for so many others, it is important because therapy is not necessarily maybe revealing anything, you know, for, at least it wasn't for me. In some ways, it wasn't revealing things that were transformative about my faith, but it was drilling home my faith, giving it a center, giving me a better anchor and understanding of it. Um, I didn't realize that I was an intercessor until I was in therapy, and mm. I have a faith field um, believing, um, believing therapist. Um, and she was, one day we were talking, and I was just kind of sharing with her some personal things. And she said, you're, you're holding this stuff, and God has called you to be an intercessor. So you're just the conduit. You're supposed to be interceding, but you're not supposed to be carrying around this weight. And, and that may be causing you some frustration and some emotional baggage because you're carrying it around when you should be laying it at the feet of the Father. And for me, my faith and my therapy work hand in hand. It's not either or for me. And I, I gain a greater understanding and perspective about God and how God is moving in my life and how God is moving in general as I, I pursue a healthier and whole relationship with myself and with God, because it wasn't just about me, but I didn't realize there were some grievances I was holding um, at God because I didn't know how to manage my emotional and life-related struggles, and that was blurring my perspective about God, and I couldn't grow my faith until I cleared out that perspective. It sounds like your therapist is a believer. She is. She is. Um my first therapy session, um, I was emotionally vulnerable. I believe I was very emotionally vulnerable. What, what does that, what was that mean that you were e emotionally vulnerable? I was emotionally open to harm. If that makes sense. I think okay. I had been so hurt and wounded mm -hmm. in some ways that, I was vulnerable for, you know, to be taken advantage of. I mm. felt very broken. I I was trying to kind of rebuild um, a sense of self, a sense of normalcy in my life. And I felt vulnerable. I felt open for abuse. I felt open for hurt. I felt open to be taken advantage of. And so at the same time, I was vulnerable to all those things, but I was also vulnerable because I knew I needed help. So I knew that wherever I, I went, if they said they were willing to help me, that I may be open to um, the bad help or the wrong help. And so I wanted to be very careful about where I went. And so I really prayed and 
And I'm like, God, I just need you to kind of direct me. I, I had some prerequisites. I knew I wanted a black female therapist. Mm-hmm. I knew I wanted someone that understood my Christian faith and could, you know, could accommodate that into therapy. And so on my first day, I walked into this room and I had actually canceled the appointment um, previous because I just knew I could not get there um, in a timely manner. And I, it was just so much going on that I just needed to kind of, I think, stabilize myself. So on the first day, I walk into my therapy session with her. We get to the end of the session. I've poured out my heart and I'm a little nervous. Is this woman really going to help yeah. or is she just going to hurt me more? Mm-hmm. Um, and she says, because she knew that I was a pastor's child, and she says, um, "Do you are you a believer? Do you have the Holy Spirit?" <laughs> and I'm like, "What's going on here? I'm, I'm very like I'm very yeah. now my, my suspicion levels are going even further up." Yeah. And she says, "The reason I'm a- I ask is because I'm spirit filled, and wow. I want to know if we incorporate <laughs> prayer into our sessions. How much prayer?" can I incorporate into our sessions? Now, this is a woman that is university trained, certified, um, but she's certified and university trained and she's kingdom focused, kingdom minded. And so while she has all of these amazing degrees um, and great certifications that give her not only legitimacy, but, a great knowledge base and foundation to work from. She also has the legitimacy of the Bible and the word and ministry behind her um, that also helps and influences our, our, their, our therapy relationship, as I like to call it. God answered your prayer. You asked for help and, and God gave you help. <laughs> yes. And I remember the, first thing God said to me after I walked out and I was kind of amazed at just how God had tied this bow up neatly for me. And he said, did you really think I was going to leave you in the hands of just anybody? Wow. I love you too much to That's just gonna, leave you in the hands of anybody. That brings tears to my eyes. <laughs> that God loves us that much. That he doesn't just drop us anybody's hands. He he puts us in 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 those gentle, compassionate hands and the, and the people that has his heart that can help us. Yes. Yes. How did you, because I know Jalen, that there is someone listening that needs help that wants help, but they just don't have the courage or they don't, they can't make that initial call or step to get help, what would you say to that, to that believer? I would say do it. Mm-hmm. I also, my first thought was not to do therapy. Mm-hmm. My first thought was to find a spiritual leader within the church and to pour out my heart to them. Mm-hmm. And that spiritual leader within the church. And to this day, I'm so thankful for them because after all the tears and after all the conversations that we had, they were confident enough in their anointing and their calling and their ministry and role in my life to tell me that they had kind of reached an impasse mm-hmm. with our counseling sessions mm-hmm. and that while they were still there, 
still there to counsel, still there to connect with me. They knew that I needed professional help, not because I was crazy, not mm-hmm. because I was loony, as you know, some people feel like they're, they're going to be represented as or they're going to be seen as, but because my heart was so broken and I felt so emotionally vulnerable that they, that they knew that I needed somebody that could come in and really tend to me in a way that they couldn't. And they suggested I go to therapy. And I really didn't think too much about it. I just did it. I, I just knew what I was looking for, prayed, and those prayers went before me. And I just did it. And I, I just want to encourage anybody that is seriously considering it. You don't necessarily have had to hit a rock bottom or a brick wall. If you just realize there's some areas in my life that I just wish were a little bit better. There's some ways that you wish you had, you could manage or had the ability to cope with things differently. Do it. Know what you're looking for. Pray about it and go forward. Do it. There is a stigma in the church and even in our communities about people who get mental health. Uh, see them counselor or therapist, people have a tendency to say or ask, you know, well, what's wrong with you? And as you said, it's not because a person is crazy or loony. They could just be broken. And there are 10,000 things in life that can break us. And there, there, there is a time when we just need to get some help from somebody who is um, professional, who is a professional and, and can make sense of what's happening in our lives. So how are you doing since you began your therapy? I recently told someone that there has never been a day where I regretted going to therapy. One of the best things and most, I think, profound things that I've learned about therapy is that it is not that healing and deliverance is not linear. I've had good days. Mm-hmm. I've had bad days. But I have never had a day where God did not help me and strengthen me through. And it took a while for me to realize that. Mm-hmm. And what I realized was that therapy had given me the tools mm-hmm. that I needed to cope and to be strengthened. So I am so much better because of God and because of the therapy that he encouraged me to, to get involved in. Because I, at the end of the day, I, I cope better. I, I think differently. I have found ways to perceive or think about things differently. Mm-hmm. Therapy has allowed me that chance to really explore a circumstance or a situation that would have nearly taken me out a couple of years ago. But now I think about it from this perspective of a healing perspective. Do you still feel when you, when you went to see the therapist the first time you said you felt, you felt vulnerable, you felt broken. Do you still feel vulnerable broken or are you feeling well better? 
I, there are times where I may feel vulnerable, mm-hmm. but there are never days where I feel broken. Wow. Wonderful. Even in those moments where I can recognize where, wow, I kind of, I feel this, but then my mind has been changed so much that now it's like, I feel this, but that isn't true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I love what my therapist says. She says, God desires truth in the inward parts, which is a biblical mm-hmm. reference to the scripture. Yeah. God desires truth in the inward parts. And what I discovered is that I thought I was broken. I thought I was vulnerable, but I am not vulnerable even when I feel like it. So feelings are not, feelings are not always fact because we feel a certain way does not mean that's the way it is. (laughs) No. Yes. Like that was one of the, the, the grandest, one of the grandest (laughs) things I had to admit to myself, my feelings, while they are very strong, they are not fact. Yeah. And that was a very innovative, transformative thought. I'm like, but they feel real. Yeah. They can even taste real. They can even seem real. They they sound real. They hear they I can hear them. Yeah. And they seem very real to me right now. But those are not facts. And that has been one of the things that has helped me to reevaluate how I feel when I get into circumstances that are challenging or emotionally triggering to me is that I just don't respond the same way because I've learned how to see my feelings, see my situation from a God perspective. Mm -hmm. What are some of the, for maybe someone who doesn't know um, what some of the early warning signs are, where they may need to be at that point in their life where they need to get professional help. I think for me, some of the early signs were my ability to love others was not there. I I was starting to really struggle to love the way God wanted me to love. Mm -hmm. I was struggling to forgive the way God calls us to forgive. Um, I found that I did not have a drive to life anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, we, uh, we are good. I'm sure at some point there's the conversation of suicide comes into play. Mm-hmm. I had it. I had had bouts of suicide, um, suicidal ideation. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was in, when I was in, you know, under the age of 18. Mm-hmm. However, I was, in my early twenties and those feelings of, of suicide or just life not being worth living anymore were starting to fester under the surface. And I was getting very scared Mm -hmm. about that. And, and, you know, I could talk with my parents and they would talk about how it would sit in my room because at that time I didn't have a a job. I didn't have anything Mm -hmm. to really keep me going. Um, So I lost connection to people, I lost connection to a purpose. Mm -hmm. And what that started to cause me to do was I would literally stay in my bed all day long. I literally wouldn't care for myself. Mm -hmm. I physically, I would sit in the dark. I literally had blackout curtains. So my room, you could come in my room at 12 noon Mm -hmm. and it would look as if it was nighttime in my room. That was how dark my room would be. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, I couldn't, I didn't have any words to really fully describe 
how I was feeling. Um, and so I would say some of the warning stars, signs are when you can't, you know, when you don't have any motivation to do anything, okay. when you don't have anyone to really connect to, you, mm-hmm. you are either shunning intentionally mm-hmm. community with people or you are in a place where you don't have the ability to sit down and say, hey, can I talk to you about X, Y, and Z with someone? You don't feel safe enough mm-hmm. to talk to people about that. That that should be a warning sign that maybe I need to find someone and somewhere safe to have some conversation. And I would say if you are losing purpose, if you have nothing that gives you excitement, then you might want to figure out what's going on. Why? Why do I feel like I have nothing to be excited about? What is it that I feel like is now this monotonous cycle of doing nothing. What What is that all about? And then I would say, if you've had any traumatic experiences, if you've mm-hmm. had death, mm-hmm. um, if you've had a, a loss, whether it's a job loss, if you or a physical loss of maybe a friendship or a, a relationship um, in a romantic setting, mm-hmm. if you've just had some childhood trauma, childhood trauma, if we're not careful, will carry with you all the way to the grave. Yeah, very and true. So mm-hmm. if you had, yeah, so if you've had any of those things and you can see the signs of them in some way or another affecting you, then you may need to, to sit down and have a, a real conversation in a safe, sanitized setting. Wow. What, um, what a transformation you have uh, experienced as you're as you're continuing your journey. In addition to uh, the therapy that you're receiving, what other things are you doing for self-care to use the tools that have been given to you? And it sounds like they're very effective and empowering. What other things are you doing for self-care and to maintain a, a balanced lifestyle? One of the biggest things this year that I'm doing is building healthy connections with people Mm. um, in a way that maybe I didn't do previous to um, starting therapy. I think before I started therapy, I felt very alone. Um, And I felt, like I said before, I felt vulnerable. And when you, when you feel that way, you really, you, you don't have, a safe space. You don't have community to help you give you perspective, to give nuance to the experiences and the challenges you may be facing. And so over the last three or four years, I've really started to redevelop um, a understanding of community in and outside of the church um, and developing connections, connections with people that aren't draining, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but that are connections that are life giving. Yeah. And those may be connections where I'm pouring back into someone, but a lot of those times they're relationships and dynamics where I'm being poured into. That's wonderful. Jalen, um, you are only supposed to give me 15 minutes and you were so generous <laughs> with your time. And I know you have a busy schedule. I hope that you and I can have another discussion on mental health, what it, how important it is to, to reach out for professional help mm-hmm. because there are millions, literally millions of 
young people like yourself who are very intelligent, highly educated, but they just need some help and they don't know what to do or how to go about getting that help. And I, I know that <laughs> you're wonderful. You'll be a wonderful help to so many people. Is there anything that um, you would like to share with our audience before we, before we close? Yes. Um, the last thing, and I think the most important thing um, that I could tell anybody is that God wants you to be healed. God wants you to be whole. God wants you to feel his love. God wants a relationship that is life-giving for you. And I think that a lot of people have found themselves in a difficult, emotionally draining phase of life, whatever the circumstances are. And they don't always know that God wants those things for you. And that is why God is allowing there to be so many different ways for people to be blessed and made whole and to be healed and to be delivered. And so I just want to remind people that God wants you to be healed. God is giving you the ability to be healed and you can experience the healing and the love and the power that God wants you to experience. And it can be transformative as well. Jalen, you are such an inspiration. Wow. God is doing great things in your life and empowering you to be a remarkable influencer in the lives of many people. Thank you so much for sharing your journey, part of your journey with us and helping so many people. Friends, if you do, um, if you do not have a health professional who is able to assist you, there's still help and hope for you, your friends, your family. You can also contact emergency medical services at 911 if the situation is potentially life-threatening. Get immediate emergency assistance by calling 911, which is available 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. You can also contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline if you or someone you know is suicidal or in emotional distress. Contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. Trained crisis workers are available to talk 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Your confidential and toll-free call goes to the nearest crisis center in the Lifeline National Network. These centers provide crisis counseling and mental health referrals. You can contact them at 1-800-273-TALK or 1-800-273-8255. Friends, that's all the time we have for this episode. I hope you have enjoyed and been blessed by our guest, Jalen Bowie. Today's podcast was produced by Associate Pastor Corey Bellamy, Edited by Lady Satoya Clinton and Sister Tynika Harris Coronado. Be safe, stay healthy, God bless. Mm-hmm.